Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, praise the Lord, everyone. Apostle Gil Burgos here. We are going to pick up where we left off on our last study. Today we are in Lesson 10. Session 10, and today we're going to be talking about the gift of healing, the gift of healing. So let's turn with our Bible, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, our anchor chapter, and we'll begin there. Um, and you want to mark uh, in your book, in your Bible, Mark chapter 16. You can turn to those two openings because we'll be going there, so it'll save you some time so you don't have to flip through the pages. You'll go right into Mark 16, and we'll jump right there. So we're going to begin with 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Uh, I'm going to read verses 7 through 11, 7 through 11, and I'm going to begin already uh, reading from the King James, and I'll use, I'm going to use the Amplified also, just a, few, just a couple of verses just to expound a little bit uh, on what I want to just discuss. Okay, 1 Corinthians chapter 7 through 11 of very familiar verse, but every time I read it, I get something out of it. It's amazing what the word, how the word of God is. I'll back it up to verse 6. As a matter of fact, it says, And there are diversities of operations, but it's the same God which worketh all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. Profit with all. For one is is given the, by the spirit of the word of wisdom to another the word of knowledge by the same spirit, to another faith by the same spirit, to another the gift of healing by the same spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another the interpretations of tongues. I, I hear a lot of noise. But all these worketh that one and self-same spirit, dividing to every man severally as he wills. Okay, so when we read 1 Corinthians chapters, uh, like I read from 6 through 11, that gives us a, 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 variant, a variation, so to speak, of different types of gifts within the realm of the spirit or the purposes of the gifts of the spirit. But when we read in the Amplified in verse 7, it says, But to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit, the spiritual illumination, and the enabling of the Holy Spirit for the common good. The enabling of the Spirit for the common good. Now, when we read this text, we're going to notice very, very, a lot of different things. So first of all, we want to understand what is the gift of healing. Notice it's plural. When you read it in the text, it's a plural tense. It's not singular. So basically what it's saying is there's different levels and different types of healings. It's not one size fits all as people may think or perceive. So what it is actually is a supernatural ability imparted by the Holy Ghost to bring about a healing in a person without any natural means, like a doctor or medicine or what have you. 
Now, once you realize this, the healing may be immediate, even a miracle. It may be immediate or it may be progressive. For example, a person recovers in a way that cannot be explained naturally, and we'll see that in Mark 16 in a minute. But many don't understand that if they don't get healed instantly, they're not healed yet. That's not the case because if we read the Gospels, there's a story of the ten lepers, I believe, in Luke 18, that when he prayed for Jesus said, go show yourself to the priest. As they went away, they were healed. So when we walk in the gift of healing, when we pray for people, the enemy will try to trick you and make you think it doesn't work. It ain't working or it's not going to work. So he wants to dare for your faith and the person's faith while you are praying for. So you have to stay focused and believe what God has said in his word. Matthew uh, 8, 17 uh, confirms that. Isaiah 53, 4, 5 confirms that. 1 Peter 2, 24 confirms that. All they confirm is that healing is from God, and by his stripes we are healed. Okay? We are healed. Not we are going to be. We are according to what God has said. The problem is it doesn't manifest for different reasons, and that I don't understand. That is a mystery why some healings don't manifest and some do manifest. Okay? So it's a past tense. It's a done deal in the eyes of God. God wants us well. God wants us pure. God wants us whole. But the thing is that sometimes, again, it does not manifest for different reasons. Could be, it could be a spiritual reason. Maybe the person themselves got issues and I have to clarify. They got to get right with certain things. They're holding on to pet peeves and pet sins, and they want to be healed, and they're in they're all kinds of uh, uh, sins and all kinds of things of the flesh, and they want God to touch them. Listen, that's going to hold up your healing. I don't care what anybody says, but the Bible says a lot of, when it comes about Christians being right with God if they want God to move in their lives. I'm not talking about people that don't know God. You can't do nothing about that because when we read Mark 16, Jesus said, go out and heal the sick. He makes a general statement. He's not specified Christian or non-Christian. There have been many people that, that don't know God. I prayed for him got healed. Why? Because that's an avenue for the gospel. It opens up a door your way to you to minister the gospel of Christ. That's why Jesus got so many people on board with, with him because when he laid hands on the sick, they weren't, he didn't ask him, are you Christian or are you a believer or are you a child? of Abraham or what have you. He did it. He knew if they were a child of Abraham or not, but he did anyway. Like the woman, uh, that, that the Samaritan woman, I believe, when she went up to him, he said, I'm only called to go to the lost sheep of Israel. And, and she said, well, even the dogs, you know, they eat the crumbs at the table. So he healed it. He, her, her child got sick. Oh, my God. Her daughter got, he got, got healed. She, even her daughter. You see what I'm saying? It was a faith. And that woman didn't know God. The Samaritans didn't know God. So we kind of understand that healing virtue can go in both directions. God can heal a Christian, God can heal a non-Christian. So don't be thinking, oh, I ain't going to pray for that person because they ain't saved. That's not but a lie from the devil. You got to pray for everybody that God puts in your path, everybody. It don't matter if they don't know Christ because that's an avenue, like I said before, for them to get to know Christ. Now let's look at Mark 16, as I said before, Mark 16, and go down to verse 18. And it says, Jesus speaking, he says, I'll go back to verse 17. He says, and these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay, they shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. They shall recover. Now, we have to realize another thing. 
that when we when the purpose of the gift of healing, watch this, it releases power to bring healing to the body, soul, and spirit. What does that mean, Apostle? What God wants to do, he wants to heal the whole person. The whole person. He wants to heal your mind, he wants to heal your spirit, and he wants to heal your body. That's when you know it's of God. But you got some false people out there, witches and warlocks, they don't heal a whole person. You know, they want to do tricks and magic, and they want these people over here in the East Coast of New York, they go to these Spanish things, they call botanicas, they, they practice all this witchcraft, and then all of a sudden they go into these places and these people put spells and all these things, and they, they do all these things that they think, oh, you're going to be healed because you do X, Y, Z. You're going to be healed, but they're not really healed. It's all, it's all a lie. They may be healed maybe in their mind, but they're not healed in their spirit. They're not healed in the, in the whole person. But God wants to heal the whole person, not just the mind, not just the body, but the spirit. So when you look at that verse again, it talks about gifts of healing, which is a plural tense. It's not one size fit all. There are different manifestations when it comes to healing. There are different types of administrations, as we read in the first Corinthians chapter 12. There are different avenues that God will take to get the job done. He will use different things. We can't think that we have it figured out. God will use different things to touch different people. Everybody's not on the same page. Everybody's in a different level. Everybody knows God in a different way. So God will use different types of healings, and different people have different anointings when it comes to the gifts of healing because it's plural. If it was not plural, then it would say, okay, one size fits all. But why would God say gifts with an S, with a plural, and healings with an S, with a plural? Because there are different ways. There are different anointings within that category. It's interesting when you read that text, it's about, I think it's the only one, if I read it carefully, that says it in the plural tense. Except for miracles, miracles also is in the plural tense, but in tongues. But for the most part, they all, these three, they work in the self-same spirit. Miracles is plural because it works, again, with the operation, as I just mentioned, of the gifts of healing. Then you have also tongues, plural. This is all in verse 10 of 1 Corinthians 12. The discerning of spirits, also plural tense. They all work in a pluralistic type of way. But the notice of the word gift is pluralized. Not just healing, as we see in verse 9 of 1 Corinthians 12, we just read, but the gift, not just healing, but healing. Gifts, gifts, gifts is a pluralistic test. Okay, so since there are many forms of gifts of healings, again, but there's only one Holy Spirit that empowers us. Now, if you're writing notes, you have something I want you to write down. Write down these four verses. You have five biblical examples, Second Chronicles 30 and 20, which you see in that text, multitudes of people healed when Hezekiah prayed. Multitudes of people healed when Hezekiah prayed. Then you see in Mark chapter 4, verse 40. Mark chapter, I'm sorry, Luke chapter 4, and verse 40. All that were sick were, uh, with diverse diseases were healed. Luke chapter 4, verse 40. And then also we see in Mark 5, 25 to 34, the woman with the issue of blood was healed. Y'all remember that story. Mark 5, 25 to 34. And then there's Matthew chapter 10, verse 5, and I'll read that. Don't turn there. I'll just read it for you. It says, These twelve Jesus sent out and commanded them, saying, Do not go into the way of the Gentiles, and do not enter the city of the Samaritans, but go rather to the sheep, lost sheep of the house of Israel. And as you go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Powerful verses, verse 8. 
you have it, when you get a chance, underscore it. It says heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, and cast out demons. Freely you have received and freely give. Okay? Jesus did not tell the disciples to pray for the sick. If you look at that when you get a chance, you'll see that. In the verse 8 of Matthew 10, 8, it says heal them. It doesn't say pray for them. The problem that we're doing, we're praying for the sick. We're not supposed to be praying for them. We're supposed to be healing them. Are you with me? You have to heal the sick. You have to heal them. You don't pray for them. You have to heal them. God has given you the power, the authority to go out and heal them. Jesus commanded his disciples the same way, go out and heal them. Heal them. But we want to say, oh, let's pray for them. No. Heal them. You command it to be so. You have the authority he has given to you. Okay? And Mark 16 as well, in verse 17, Mark 16 and verse 17, again, look at it. It says, and these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall what? Cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. These signs will accompany those who have believed. They will accompany you. They will be standing right by you. They will sit with you. They will be a part of your ministry. They will be a part of your anointing. If you operate in that gift, they will accompany you. It's like you walk on an airplane and you have luggage, right? You walk in on an airplane. You're walking down the airport. You're going to get on a plane. And what do you have? You have your baggage. So look at it in that sense. When you're walking in your gift and your calling, your anointing, put it this way. You're having your, your, your suitcases, your spiritual luggage with you, and you're walking with them. That's how God wants you to know as you're walking with your gift and you're walking with your anointing. You're accom- they are accompanying you. Oh, my Lord. The signs and wonders will accompany you as long as you hold on to them and not let them go. Keep the mind, you know, keep for a moment the person walking in the airport for a second. Picture in your mind somebody walking again with two pieces of luggage. What happens? Sometimes the luggage can be heavy and sometimes the luggage can be light. If the luggage is too heavy, it makes it uncomfortable, right, to, to walk, to carry them. But when they are light, it makes it easy. Jesus said, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. My yoke is easy, my burden is light. So when we walk in the gift of the anointing of the gift of healing, if it is too much, too much for us, we cannot carry it. It has to be light. On board, when you go on an airplane, you have that other thing on top of your, uh, what do you call that, uh, when you sit down, uh, I forgot what they call it, when you just take light luggage you put over your, over your seat. Standby or whatever, that easy stuff you just put on an airplane with you. But then notice you will, you put the heavy stuff in the bottom. But you put the light stuff over you. You take the light stuff with you on the airplane. Okay? So what God is trying to tell us through this revelation that he just gave me, but when our packages are too heavy, we cannot walk with them. Oh, my Lord. You have to let your baggage loose and let them be light. We take on too much stuff, watch this, and then we cannot operate in the full power of God. Why? Because we put too much stuff in our luggage, in our suitcases, that we cannot walk through the, through the airport freely. So think of the airport as you get into an airport, as you're going to the, the, the gate, you're walking from point A to point B. You want to get to there quickly because if you miss that plane, you're in trouble, right? So again, if the luggage is too heavy, what do you have to do? You have to hand it over to the bag, baggage clerk or whatever those people, they call themselves. You have to toss it aside because it's weighing you down. So God is saying today to you on this call, don't let the cares of life 
cares of life, worries, and things weigh you down. It wants to, it wants to keep you, it wants to slow you up because you've got so much on your plate that you can't move like you want to go, and God wants to go, bring, you to a fast, bring you faster to your destination. He wants to take you to the part when you enter the gate to blow, get on that plane. When you get on the plane, you're headed to your destination. But if you hold on to that, those luggage, it's going to slow you down. So some of us need to clean our plate. Too many people have their plate, too much stuff. They're hearing from all kinds of voices. They're watching all kinds of stuff on television, all kinds of stuff on radio, and they're more mixed up than I don't know what. You have to be selective with your hearing, who you're hearing from, because there's a whole bunch of mess. It's like if you get on a, uh, you cook something, you put too much of anything, what's it going to do to spoil the stew? Too much salt, too much pepper, too much of whatever, garlic, you'll spoil the stew. So you have to put just enough. Watch this. You just have to put just enough in your cooking pot so that the meal tastes delicious. And some of us, what we're doing, we're putting too much salt, too much pepper, or too much oregano or what have you, and it's messing up the stew. Oh, my God, that was for somebody here today. Watch it. Now, listen. When you are always doing these things, like I just mentioned, he says they will lay hands on the sick. They will recover. You have, you, most of the time, I suggest that you ask people before you lay hands on them. Not everybody's on board with you laying hands on them. So ask. It's not a bad thing to ask somebody, can I lay hands on you? Also, don't push them. Don't be pushing people as you pray for them. Listen, if God wants to make them fall under the power, they'll fall. I've, I've been to people and I even touched them and praying for them, they fell. I didn't touch them. I, I don't touch them all the time. Maybe once in a while I do. But God knows what he got to do. He will touch them without you touching them. Jesus always spoke the thing. Very seldom he touched people. He's always spoke because he was the word. And when he spoke the word, it began to manifest from the natural to the supernatural. Okay. Now let's look at another verse. Now then you're in Mark. Go to Luke chapter 13. There's something else I want to show you as far as the practical point of, of healing. So let's look at Luke chapter 13, if you will. You're ready, you're ready, in, uh, you're ready in Mark, I believe. So just go over just one book. So Luke chapter 13, we see something here, another story that we're familiar with, but I want you to look at certain things in this text in verse 11. Luke chapter 13, verse 11. Here you'll see the spirit of firmity being cast out of a woman. Now watch this. This woman was a Jew. She was a Jew. She was a child, she was a child of, of, of Israel a child of the promise. So the enemy doesn't care whether you're a Christian or not a Christian. He's going to afflict you. Well, he got the people in the world. He wanted to get to church. So look at verse 11. He says, And behold, there was a woman which had a spirit of infirmity. Notice, a spirit. The spirit, the spirit of infirmity, the sickness was, was a spirit. It wasn't it doesn't, it doesn't just a, um, a physical ailment. It was a spiritual thing. Like I told you before, when God wants to heal you, he wants to heal you body, soul, and spirit, but the witch doctors, they don't want to heal your mind. It makes you think, like medicine. Medicine will just deal with the symptoms. Oh, my God, watch this. Medicine deals with the symptoms, but they don't heal you. You take Tylenol, you take cold medicine, you say, this is going to make me better. No, it just, it just numbs, your, numbs your body for a time so you don't feel the pain, you see? But eventually your pain comes back. That's why you have to take more medicine because you're not healed. Watch this. Just like the witch doctors, they make it seem like you're healed, but you're not healed. 
and people go to them and they say, look, I'm, I'm healed. You're not. Your mind is healed, but your body and your spirit is not. But watch this. And behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity, as it says, 18 years, and was bowed together and could no wise lift up herself. And when she saw her, and when Jesus saw her, I'm sorry, I lost my place here. And when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said to her, Woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. And he laid hands on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. So if you have that verse, underscore, woman, you are loosed from your infirmity, and number, verse 13, laid hands on her. We can't be afraid and hey, lay hands on people when they have a, a, a spirit of infirmity. You have you got to get over that stuff. You can yeah you can ask people you mind and they say yes put your hands on them and lay hands on the afflicted whether it be their back you have to be careful though if you're a man you're touching a woman you have to be very careful if you're a man you don't be touching a woman in inappropriate places because she might smack you or you put you bring the, the gospel of Christ to shame you have to be very very careful don't be using that to take advantage of the situation because God will judge you on that at that point okay now look when we read that text we notice two things. Some sicknesses are caused by the presence of an evil spirit. So speak directly to the spirit and command it to leave. I'm going to repeat that. Some sicknesses, not all, are caused by the presence of an evil spirit. You have to speak directly and command it to leave. A spirit is a person, so you have to speak to the person. You tell a person, get out of the room, you're speaking to the person, are you not? When you speak to people, you speak to them. You don't speak to the air. So the spirit hears you. You speak to the spirit. You have to speak to the spirit. If you don't speak to the spirit, the spirit's not going to obey. The spirit's not going to listen. You have to command the spirit. You have to, sometimes you have to even ask them, who are you? Where you come from? How many generations? When it comes to deliverance, which I may do, I'm going to do a teaching on that soon. After this, we're going to go into healing and deliverance. It's going to be uh, an extended study on such. But most of the time when you speak to a spirit, you, you ask for its name. And you ask them, what legal authority do you have to be in this body? Most of the time they'll say none. So if that's the case, you tell them they got to leave. They got to bounce. You got to leave. They don't want to leave, but you got to tell them they have to. By the authority of Jesus Christ, they must go. You see? And then you have to break all kinds of things, yokes, bondages, speak to that, get information. It's, it's a process, but still on, you are speaking to it. You are speaking to it. Now, let's go back to Mark. Go back to Mark again. I forgot. I missed a verse here. I want to slip. Go back to Mark. One, one chapter, one book, rather. Mark 11. Look at this. You got to see this also. Very, very important. Mark 11, verse 22. Said, so Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. Have faith in who? Have faith in God, verse 23. For surely I say to you that whoever says to this mountain, underscore that, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart or her heart, underscore that, and does not doubt in his heart but believes that those things he says will be done. Oh, my God, underscore that. But believe that those things that he, what, he says with his mouth or her with her mouth will be done. You don't think it, you say it. And he will or he or she will have whatever he says or she says. 
Verse 24, therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. It's all faith. It's all faith. Underscore the word or phrase, you will have them. So we, we have to understand three important principles or components when we read Mark 11:22. Number one, you have to speak to that mountain. That mountain in this text is sickness. You got to speak to the sickness. I cancel it. I come against it. I break your power. You name the sickness, and you destroy it. You dismantle it. You have to speak to the issue, to speak to. That's why it's important you get information from people when you ask them, what's wrong with you? You know, a lot of people will tell you, pray to me. And I ask people, pray about what? And they get offended. Well, you want me to help me, help you. How can I pray for you? When you go to a doctor, you ask the doctor to ask you, what's wrong with you? You're going to tell him, oh, go figure it out? No. You tell the doctor what's wrong with you, right? So why can't you tell the man or woman of God what's wrong with you when you're sick? My back hurts, my leg hurts, my head hurts, my arm hurts, my toe hurts. Come on. So ask people, what is your mountain? What is your sickness? What is bothering you? Because you've got to speak to the mountain. You've got to speak to the sickness. The devil don't want to leave the body. The infirmity, that spirit of infirmity is hidden, watch this, it's hidden near the spirit, the person's spirit. He doesn't want to be out. He doesn't, sometimes it's even in that spirit if they don't know Christ. It has taken over. So we have to take that spiritual body, spiritual being out of that person and command to leave. Okay, the next thing we notice here is that they don't doubt in their heart. You have to have full assurance, people. You have to know that you know what God has said for you to do, and you have no doubt. It says it and does not doubt in his heart, but believe. You have to believe what you say will come to pass. I don't care if the person don't believe. You have to have faith for the both of you sometimes. People say, I don't have faith. Well, I'll have faith for you and I, because it don't take but a mustard seed, right? So guess what? If I have, I have a mustard seed of faith, you have a mustard seed of faith, it will happen. It will happen in God's time. It may not happen right now, but it may happen later. It may happen tomorrow. Who knows? I know I'm going to do what God has told me to do because he's not a liar. He's told me to do it. It's his up to him when he manifests the healing. Now, you're in Mark 11. Go now to chapter 6. Stay in Mark. We're still in Mark. Go to chapter 6. There's something else you need to see. Here we're talking about anointing oil. Mark chapter 6. Mark chapter 6 and verse 12. I'm sorry. Did I go too far? Oh, yeah, Mark 12, 6, 12. It says, so they went out, talking about disciples, and preached that people should repent, verse 13, and they cast out any demons and anointed them with oil, many who were sick, and healed them. Underscore the word or phrase, anointed them with oil, many who were sick. So when we read that text, we see the following components in relation. Anoint with oil only as the Holy Spirit leads. I'm going to repeat that because someone's going to put oil on everything. And they don't, it ain't about the oil. The oil ain't no magic potion. The oil is an act of faith for you and the person. So some of us think, oh, this, this, this magic water. Sometimes we see it on Christian television. You just sold me a seed of $1,000, and I'll send you this magic water from Israel. Listen, I went to Israel. Back in 2006, there's no, there's, no, there's no magic in the water. It's very muddy. It's not clear. It's very dirty. The Jordan River is not a clean river. I've been there. I've seen it with my own eyes. People get baptized, and then it's not a clean water. So there's no magic in the water, so people get all deep, and it's nothing to be deep about. It's water. It's just an act of faith. So oil is an act of faith. 
So don't get all hung up with oil because God can use oil, and sometimes he don't have to use oil. Jesus sometimes used mud, and then sometimes he didn't use mud. So again, we have to use the components, the, the, the material thing as the Holy Spirit leads. If the Holy Spirit tells you do it, then you do it. You have to be in key, this type of thing with God, that you hear his voice so clear that you know exactly what he wants you to do. Because again, like I said, when it comes to the gifts of healing, it's not one size fits all. Everybody comes from a different issue, background. You know, you have to get them. God knows who these people are. You don't. I don't. So God is going to inform us what to do. And if we're not hearing from God, we're not going to be in alignment with him. And what we're going to do, we're going to be off track. and going to make it even harder to get the person well. Are you hearing me? Okay. Now, when we also look at that, again, the type of, the type of oil used is of no consequence also. It is faith in the power of God to heal that causes the healing to pl- take place. Also, apply a small amount on the top of the tip of your finger and apply it to the forehead of the sick person. And also find the oil as a focal point for their faith. Listen, don't go crazy with oil. I've seen people pour oil and gallons on their, on their hands and, and pop it on people. And you see all this oil dripping all over their face and it's all over their clothes. Come on now, people. That's not of God. I didn't come to church and you ruined my outfit ruin my suit and I spend money on or you're a woman, you don't want no party pouring. I used to go to this church and this, this, the pastor that day, he would get the Goya oil, my God. He had a big bottle up front by the pulpit and I was afraid of him. And then one time he said, she told me, minister, come up front. I'm going to pray for some people. I was working with him. And this woman came up front and he splashed the oil. There was oil all over the place. There was oil on my clothes. There was oil all over his sleeves. There was oil all over the woman's forehead, her clothes, there was, man, I wouldn't be surprised, there was wall, there was oil on the floor, I wouldn't be surprised, there was oil on the wall, oh my God, craziness that we see in some of our places, on my churches, so that's not an issue, don't worry about the oil, don't focus too much oil, focus on the anointing and the power of God, because that's willing to get the person healed, all right now, praise the Lord, that is what's going to get God healed, come on, okay, so there's some important safeguards, I want to share this with you also. Important safeguards. What you want to do when it comes to healing the sick, don't encourage people to stop taking their medicine. Don't encourage people to stop taking their medicine. Uh, The reason why I say that because they may not be healed yet. You see what I'm saying? We don't know when God's gonna that that power is gonna manifest and hit their body. It may happen instantly, but we don't know. They could only be the ones to tell you, "I feel healed. I don't have this problem no more." Then they can be the ones to say, "What should I do?" But until that time happens, you can't tell people stop taking medicine, stop not wearing their glasses. I know one. I saw the other day on Facebook. No, I'm sorry, about a month ago, there was an apostle there, and he had all these people up with their uh their pump for their bronchial issue. They had probably, they have, I think they had like um, asthma. And there was a bunch of those pumps up front. And the people threw them up on the front. I think that was kind of, kind of foolish because how do you know if you're, you're well? You're not going to know until you know, until maybe later on. It now happens if you get an asthma attack and you're not healed yet. You're going to be running to the emergency room. <laughs> you can't breathe. You see? You see? So don't be telling people, stop taking your asthma pump. You leave it alone. If they, if they ask you, I say, listen, that's between you and God. That's what I always tell people. Should I stop taking my, my medicine apostle? I said, that's between you and God. I'm not going to tell you what to do. You've you got to pray. 
I did, I did what my job was to do, to pray for you to be healed, whether you got healed now or you may be healed tomorrow. I don't know. I know what God's word says, that by his stripes we are healed. I'm, by act of faith, you are healed. But until you see the manifestation, you do what you got to do and leave it at that. Because what's going to happen if we do so, people stop doing it. We stop praying doctor. You know, we, we're spiritual not We're spiritual doctors, people. We're not medical doctors. Okay, we work operating the spirit, not in the natural. So if a person, again, be very, very careful. I don't believe in people throwing away stuff, canes and glasses, like I said, and all kinds of stuff, because it brings problems, and it's going to come bounce back on your head. You say, you told me not to take my medicine. Now I'm in the hospital. I, oh, you nothing but a false prophet. You, oh, my Lord Jesus, you don't need all that coming down you. Oh, my God, you don't need that. So you just leave it alone. You, I said, man of God, woman of God, I did what God told me to do. I prayed prayer of faith and the rest up to Jesus. And that's, that's why I leave it right there. And then you keep yourself safe, you see. You don't have to worry about because something goes wrong. You say, listen, I didn't tell you not to take your, your pills or your, your, if you got diabetes. You know, that's, that's dangerous. You tell a person that has diabetes, don't take their insulin. What happens, God forbid, they have not received the manifestation in their body, and all of a sudden their sugar level goes up through the roof. Oh, my God, they'll, be, they'll die. They'll die. They'll die. People that need the insulin need the insulin. So don't play with that stuff. Don't let the devil trick you and say, oh, go tell them this. No, 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 no. You don't want to tell people, sir. You just leave it alone. I tell you when I tell you, I've seen some bad situations and people did that, okay? And also, don't encourage them to no longer see a doctor. You want them to see a doctor. You want confirmation. I say, yeah, go see your doctor. If your doctor tells you you heal, you have no more that condition, well, praise God. The doctor's not going to heal them, but the doctor will examine them and confirm, confirm whether they're still sick. The doctor will look at them. It will be through x-rays, through CAT scans, through the, through the stethoscope, through the blood test when people have HIV. How do you know if they still got AIDS? We don't know that. We can say by faith you're healed, but you can't tell people don't take the medicine. They have to get a, a doctor to do a blood test. And then with the blood test will confirm that they are clean. You see? So don't encourage them to no longer see a doctor. That's a no-no. That is a no-no. Okay? So, again, in an emergency situation where medical attention is urgently required, pray briefly and call a doctor and give whatever senses you can help in praying. Sometimes people catch strokes. I've seen people catch strokes. Some people have heart attacks in church because they get too excited, they get that shout on. They want to run around the church like they're 18 years old. Before you know, they're back in the church. They're holding on their, their chest. So they people do crazy things in church, let me tell you. And now all of a sudden, you got to pray for them. They don't drop dead in the back of the church. Lord have mercy. I'll tell you when I tell you. Mark chapter 12 is another verse we're going to look at. Let's go to Mark chapter 12. I want to show you something else. Mark chapter 12. Mark chapter 12, verse 13. You read the Gospel of Mark, it has a lot of up when it comes to the manifestation of healings, casting out devils and miracles. That's why the Gospel of Mark is one of my favorite of the Gospel because it's an action chapter. It doesn't give you all the slowly things. You know, it goes boom. It goes you right into to the action, and you see Jesus working miracles, this and that, boom, boom, boom. Mark chapter, I'm sorry, did I say Mark? My mistake. Matthew. Matthew. I read the wrong verse. Switch over one book. One book, go left, Matthew 12. I think I need glasses, you see? I wear glasses, and I don't even use them sometimes. Matthew chapter 12. Matthew chapter 12 and verse 13. 
It says this. Then he said to the man, stretch forth your hand. And he stretched it forth, and it was restored whole like the other. I'll read that again. You're not there yet. Then he said, speaking of Jesus, stretch out your hand. And he stretched it out, and it was restored as a whole as the other. So when we read that text, we're going to see three things. Watch this. Number one, wherever possible, encourage people to take some action of faith. Notice what Jesus said, stretch out your hand. Stretch out your hand. So sometimes you can do that. Tell people, do this. There's a young lady on the call here, Sister Crystal. The Lord gave the instruction. Tell her, go. Her daughter had a fever. I told her, the Holy Spirit told me, tell her to take her child, get oil, lay hands on her, and guess what? By the morning, she can testify and she was made well. You see, I told her to do that because the Lord told me to do that. You see? So when the Lord tells you to tell someone to tell some, give instructions, you give instructions. As we see here, Jesus says, stretch out your hand. is an act of faith. So again, number two, encourage them to try to do what they could not do before you pray. Encourage them to try to do what they could not do before you pray. And number three, some miracles begin to operate when the person acts in faith. Some miracles begin to operate when the person acts in faith. Okay, so I'm going to close with this. I got a few more, few more tips, and then we'll close. These are very important. I got about five of them here. The gifts operate by faith and not by long prayer. I'm going to repeat that one. The gifts operate by faith and not by long prayers. You don't have to pray there 20 minutes for a person to get healed. Jesus was direct. Be well, be healed. Come out, devil. Be made whole. Body, boom. A few sentences, okay? You're not, it's not deliverance that you have to cast out a devil all the time. Sometimes you just speak to the sickness, and it goes. You speak to the sickness. It's not always a devil. Like I said before, it's not always a demon. So you speak to it. Come out. You don't know how the body works. Only God knows exactly the science, not like everybody's a scientist, but God knows exactly what needs to be done to speak to the body. So we don't need long prayers. We want to get all holy. We want to, oh, we got to go to the ceremony, come over here, we're going to do this whole big, oh, no, Lord, have mercy. Be direct, speak to the mountain, and get a job done. And next, come on up here, next, make it short and sweet. You don't have to be there all day. I've been in services that people take three, four hours healing services. Before you know it, it's time for lunch. Lord have mercy. Make it clean, simple, and direct. Also, keep your thoughts centered on Christ and his power to heal. Keep your thoughts centered on Christ and heal his power to heal. Another thing is this. When you're praying for somebody and they start speaking in tongues, you tell them, listen, stop praying in tongues. Immediately. Do me a favor. Stop praying in tongues. Why? Because they're giving out. They're not receiving. They need to be quiet so you can receive the healing virtue, the healing power that's going to come in your body. But if you're speaking in tongues, you're giving out. You're not receiving. Oh, Lord have mercy. You're not receiving. You have to give out so the person has to be quiet so they can receive. Okay? Number three, don't rely on belief to fill your heart. By focusing on the sickness, don't 
allow unbelief to fill your heart. Why? Because you're focusing on the sickness. You don't need to focus on the sickness. You need to focus on Christ, the healer, the deliverer. He's the healer, not you. If you're focusing on yourself, you're in the wrong territory. Focus on Jesus. Keep it for center on Christ and his power to heal. Don't allow unbelief to fill your heart by focus on the sickness. And number four, the person being prayed for must repent of sins and have their heart free from unforgiveness and bitterness. That's very, very important. The person being prayed for must repent of sins and have their heart free from unforgiveness and bitterness. I've seen many people who have had unforgiveness in their heart not be healed. I've seen it. I've just seen it because they're holding on to stuff. And that is a, that is a stronghold, and that's something that the enemy will use to block the manifestation of healing. Because if you're not right, if you're not right, how can God operate in the works that you're trying to do? You're not right. You see? You've got to make sure you're right. And I'm not saying sinless perfection because none of us are perfect, but if you're in willful disobedience, how are you going to go out there and be praying for people? Oh, Lord have mercy. Can't be doing that. So make sure their heart also is free from unforgiveness or bitterness. It's very, very important. Because sometimes that would be something that the enemy will say, oh, I'm not going to let go. I'm not going to go. I'm not going to allow. I'm not going to be on the step in the way because I have legal authority to be here. And it's all about when it comes to sickness and things of the spirit, it's all about legal jurisdictions in heaven. That's what it's all about. It's legal jurisdictions. The enemy says, I got legal right to be here. I don't have to go. And the Lord sometimes we tie his hand because, you know, this is an earthly thing. It's not a heavenly thing. We are on this earth. We are on this earth. We, God has given us dominion on the earth, not in heaven. You see, the devil stole that away from Adam, but Jesus gave it back to us. You see? Adam had dominion over the earth, but he lost it when he sinned and he fell. And the devil took over. But again, when Jesus came into the world, he died on the cross, rose from the dead, he took over, he took the keys from the, from the devil, and now we have the power, we have dominion once again on this earth. So everything is done on an earthly realm, too. Not just spiritual, but earthly as well. And finally, low self-esteem coupled with unbelief and passivity can hinder the flow of healing. Low self-esteem means you don't think much of yourself, and if it's coupled with unbelief and passivity, those are two bad things. You don't want them in your life when you're doing operating healing. They can hinder the flow of healing. You kind of believe who you are, your identity in Christ. You may not wake up in the best, best, best mood in the morning, but get yourself, get your head right. Get your mind right. Seek God. Pray. Get your heart right. Don't be going into a situation where you just don't feel like doing it. You're better off not doing it. You might as tell somebody else to do it if you're not up to it. Don't do it with a half heart. Do it with your whole heart. With everything, all your being, when you're, laying, when you're praying for people, laying hands on the stick, give it your 101%. Give it your best. Give it your all. Let no unbelief come into your heart. It can come into your head, but don't let it come into your heart. It says in the text, if you believe in your heart, that means we can, believe in, we can have disbelief in our head. <laughs> your head can disbelieve, but your heart can't. Your spirit can't can't uh, disbelieve. You see, but your head your your head will your head will disbelieve because that's how it is. That's human nature. The human mind can't conceptualize what God is doing. Sometimes it's too far for him. It's far fetched because the Bible says spirit speaks to spirit. Your spirit and your and God's spirit are in alignment. 
but your head is not. Your heart is like my heart. My head, rather, is carnal. It's enmity with God. It's worldly. It doesn't want to do the things that please God. It fights against the spirit, as we see in Romans chapter 7. It's a fight. So your head is going to say that person is not going to heal. But you said yes, he is going to get healed by the stripes of Jesus Christ. I believe by faith they will be healed. You see, your spirit man is going to rise up with you and give you the faith that you need to, uh, to uh, carry out uh, the things that you want to do. So, again, low self-esteem, unbelief, passivity, they will all hinder the flow of healing. Amen and amen. Okay, that's it for the lesson. That's it for the lesson. So at this point, I'm going to open up the lines. They're already open. Anybody has any questions as far as the gifts of healing, you can ask them at this point. Could I ask you a question? Mm-hmm. Um, when you pray for people, you know, you're praying for healing and things like that, you know, and, and, and your your hand start getting hot or your stomach start feeling like something's going on. You stop or you just keep going and, and just ask God for give you, you thinking it's, it's more deep inside the problem? If your hands are getting hot, yeah. that's just a manifestation of the power of God coming out of you. Okay. That's just God is letting you know that he's working through your body. It's like a sign so you can see. Some people receive that. Some people don't. I don't have that. I, my hands don't get hot, but some people do. If your hands get hot, yes. praise the Lord. Amen. But my hands don't get hot. doesn't mean God doesn't use that. But God does certain things to certain people, and I don't, I don't understand why some people's hands get hot. Some people, their stomachs start to feel uh, like they're in knots. Some people get nervous. Some people sweat. There's different types of body reactions when we operate in, the, in these gifts. So um, yours may be that. And if that's your case, then what's happening is, again, God is just using, is, is just alerting you that something is happening, you see? So that's, that's a good sign if your hands are getting hot. And sometimes also when people operate in these gifts, they might feel the same pain as the other person feels. Like, for example, there's sometimes they'll probably say, I feel pain in my shoulder. And they're going to say, does anybody here have a problem with their shoulder or rotator cuff? And somebody might say, yeah, that's me. I have a problem with my shoulder, you see. So sometimes God will even manifest the pain temporarily because it works with the word of knowledge, you see. It's amazing how God does things. He'll, he'll manifest a pain in your own body. So you can say, there's somebody here that has pain in this body, and that person is going to know that God is on the case. They're going to say, whoa. How did that person, how did that man or woman got to know that I have pain in my shoulder or my back or my legs or my whatever, you see? So that's another way that God manifests his power through the, the person that's about to dispense healing. You'll feel sometimes the same pain, not, not, to, the, not to the same extreme, but you might feel like a slight pinch in your own body, you see? And then that's a sign that that's exactly what God wants you to pray for. So if you start receiving that too, Jose, Yes, that's another good sign that if you start feeling pain, like in your leg, your ankle, that's for like a short period of time, and yes. you're praying for people, don't be afraid to ask them. If you have pain in, your, in this part of your body, and they say yes, you're going to speak directly to that, to that situation. You're going to say, body, whatever body part that is, I command you right now in the name of Jesus. You're speaking right to it. That's why you have to find information. You have to play spiritual detectives, as they say uh, sometimes. 
So you had you, you said something else, like you said something else besides that. That was the second part. I didn't I didn't catch. Well, you know, no, I, I think I think it's connected to what you just said. You know, sometimes you 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 feel something on the stomach, like sometimes you you be praying and and you feel in your stomach like something's going on, but you know, like outside stomach, but it's not. You you know, you're not outside. You just you just feel like something's going on when you pray for people. You know, and and sometimes you don't know what you don't know. You, I don't know what it means. No, it's just it's just a signal. God's giving you a signal what to pray for. They can have an upset stomach too. That may be a sign that person has a that person can have an ulcer. That's why it's good to ask questions. Don't be afraid to ask questions. I tell everybody that ask questions. What's wrong with you? Okay. Or, or God knows. Or I don't know. Who's praying for you? God or me? I'm praying for you. God, God has commissioned me to pray for you, so I need to know the problem. Hello? I'm the doctor here. I'm the spiritual doctor here. So you got to tell the doctor what's wrong with you, right? <laughs> so you have the doctor has to ask you questions. So okay. I say, well, I don't, I don't want it between me and God. Some people might refuse and won't give you the information. So, okay, I'll pray for you. But if, if you don't, if, you don't have to say this, but you say in the back of your head, well, if they don't get healed, well, I did my, what can I do? I can't speak to the problem. I can't speak to the mountain because they didn't tell me what's on the mountain. <laughs> so your general prayer it, it, it covers all bases. Maybe, maybe not. I'd rather speak directly to the problem. You see, if, if I tell you my foot hurts, that could be that could be my ankle, that could be my toe, that could be my heel. Stubborn when it comes to things like that. They don't want to tell you these things, okay? Okay. All right. Anyone else? Is the Crystal, you there? Yeah, I'm right here. Apostle. Apostle. Okay. Yes. This, this, it might be loud. This is Shanette. I'm at work. I just wanted to tell you that I enjoyed and I'm listening in. Oh, this is Shanette? Yeah, this is Shanette. I'm at work, so it's a little bit loud. I've been on mute, so I just wanted to talk tell you that I was on the line, and I enjoyed it. Oh, praise God. Now I know who Dion Fion is. <laughs> <laughs> yup, my cousin. That's it. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, okay, Dion, Shawnee, Dion. Okay, I got you, girl. I got you, woman of God. All right, Apostle. All right, God bless you. <laughs> Anyone else? Praise God. Now I know. No, I just, right, I just wanted to just. say that, um, that it's confirmation, like what you said, <clears throat> I when since I was young I would feel like pain and for example it would happen even with my mother and I she would get home like to school pick me up and all of a sudden I'd start feeling this sharp pain um, and I would ask her mom do you have pain here in your back and she'd say yeah how do you know uh-huh. and that would happen since I was really young I mean since I can remember um, praise God and, when I see someone sick, I can feel it as well. I can feel that pain. And I, I always think, am I crazy? <laughs> What's wrong with me? But that mm-hmm. has happened a lot, you know. Mm-hmm. No, that's, that's a gift. Praise God for that gift. I don't have that, you see. Amen. Like the Bible says, the Holy Spirit gives whom he wills what he wants to give. He's creative. Amen. He's creative. He's, he's dynamic. He does things with different people for whatever reason. I don't have the answer, but praise God that he got to give you that gift. You blessed God. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Anyone else? Amen. Anyone else? 
Praise God. Amen. All righty. No more, no more questions? All right, Crystal, you can give the announcement at this point. Okay. Um, well, we just want to announce that Apostle will be starting the prophetic sessions again after the healing and deliverance sessions in March for the people um, who missed sessions and they want to attend the whole 12 sessions. Um, he will also be offering um, of whoever wants to get a certificate um, is $25, and for those sessions, it's $35. And there's 12 sessions, um, and they're one hour each. Um, and he will be announcing the time and the date exactly. Um, that's not set yet. <clears throat> but like I mentioned, there's also going to be um, healing and deliverance lessons um, starting March 10th, and that's with the $25 registration fee. There's eight sessions of one hour. And we invite anybody mm-hmm. who's interested um, and learning more about healing and deliverance to join and register. Um, mm-hmm. I also want to give you the prayer line. Um, for any prayer requests, um, you could call in at 6... I'm sorry. Um, that's actually for the Spanish. Um, we don't have an English line anymore, right, Apostle? Well, the, on the line, on the website, we have the English prayer. Yes, we do. We have the, the, uh, the number. The 347? Correct. Okay. Then um, you can call the 347-491-7470 if you mm-hmm. would like um, to, you know, to submit your prayers. I'm sorry, it's my daughter. Um, and you can also as well um, hear in Radio Life um, Apostles Teachings at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. And you could call in at 605-475-4426, and you could listen there. Or you could listen online at radiolifeaimforfaith.org. And um, he also is offering um, um, spiritual covering or supervision of ministry to anyone that has a ministry. Um, and, and that's for a monthly of $20. And if you want more info, you could contact um, at gilbergles.com or call in at 914-233-3672. So we just want to thank you for joining and listening in. Amen. Amen. Anyone here has a prayer request before we close? Any prayer requests? We're not doing the prayer on Saturday anymore. I'm not going to be available. So we're doing our prayers after the teaching session. So you have a prayer request. We will pray for you right now. Okay. All right, Sister Chris, you can. Have you somebody said say something? Go ahead. Yeah, this is what I'll say. Um, can you uh, can you can you pray for my my wife? She's having a hard time on her head headaches. What's uh, my wife? Carmen. What's wrong with her head? I, I don't know. She she get um. She uh, get headaches. Okay. This is what the Lord just told me to tell you. You know what I'm going to tell you, right, Jose? Yes, sir. Well, you know what I'm going to tell you? You know what God wants you to do? No. Just pray for my wife. He wants you to lay hands on her. Oh. By faith, she will be healed. Amen. So you're going to go, you get a chance, you're going you're gonna to go home, and you say, Honey, I believe by faith that God's going to heal you. So I want you to lift up your hands to the Lord right now. You're going to get oil. You're going to put it on her head, and you're going to cast that, that thing that's in her mind, that's giving her pain, and you're going to command it to leave. I'll pray for you too as well here.
but that's what God wants you to do. Okay. Father, I bless you, and I thank you, Lord, for what you're about to do with my brother Jose, that, Lord, as he goes forward, that he will have the faith to perform the signs and wonders that you said that will follow them that believe. So we touch and agree, O oh God, and we decree and declare total deliverance and the power of God be manifested through his hands. O oh Lord, that you will stir up the gift of God within him, that he will walk not by sight but by faith and will not look upon what he sees but what he doesn't see, that you, Lord Jesus, are the healer and you through us manifest your power and deliverance of the sick to make them well. So again, Lord, we stand and agree, all of us here, we stand and agree with my brother, knowing, oh God, that he's going to do the work of miracles today as he goes home and lay hands on his wife. As the Bible says, as your word has said, Lord, these signs shall follow them that believe. And I'm trusting, Lord Jesus, that he believes. So based on his faith and according to the word of God, it is done. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Anyone else? Praise God. All right, Sister Crystal, you can close us out and dismiss us. Amen. Father, I just want to thank you, Lord, for the word that we received, for the wisdom, the revelation, and understanding even of the operation of your spirit in our own personal lives. We thank you for the understanding and the knowledge that you're imparting to us in every lesson and for the growth that your word is producing, Lord. We bless each person on this line. We cover them with the blood of the Lamb. And we ask that your mighty spirit lead us and guide us this day and every day of our lives. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen. Amen. Okay, people, we'll see you Thursday, uh, same time, 11 o'clock. We're finishing up our teachings. This Thursday may be our final session because I think I'm already done with my notes. So it's a good possibility that this Thursday will be our final session when it comes to the gifts of the Spirit. And as Sister Crystal mentioned, we will do them again uh, if people register, enough people get on to register. I will do the teaching again and take you through 12 sessions again. If you're not interested, maybe you can tell somebody else that may be interested in taking the course. Okay, the first 12 sessions were complimentary, but the next uh, sessions you have to register. Okay, more information, as she said, go to www.gilbergos.com. Go to the top, you'll see more hit prophetic training, and from there on you'll see all the information. Or you can go to the part on top that says news, go to the top menu bar, click news, drop down menu, and you'll have all the information right there as far as all the classes that we're going to be doing in March. Amen. Whatever we don't finish up in March, I will continue when I get back in April. I have a three-day conference I'm going through to in April 1st to the 3rd. When I come back, we'll pick up where we left off. Amen. So until the next time I see you, may the Lord richly bless you. Shalom, shalom, and thank you for being here. God bless you. See you Thursday. See you for, uh, Thursday. Bye-bye. Amen. God bless you. Bye-bye. God bless
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.